Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. My name is Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. This is podcast number 58. Wow. What? Oh. Oh, you look like I forgot to say something. No. (laughs) No. Uh, Podcast number 58. Wow. Uh, So much has happened this past week. Been a lot of hockey. Not just in the NHL. We had the Spengler Cup that wrapped up. We had the World Juniors that wrapped up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, of course, regular NHL news and some drama from different areas and drama outside the NHL. It's been a pretty busy week of hockey. It usually is over the Christmas and New Year's break. Um, So this year was no exception. So we have lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm going to talk some Spengler Cups, some World Juniors, some Elias Pettersson injury stuff, some game recaps. Uh, Talk a little bit about Don Cherry and today's games, and then a few other things. So, all right. I thought we'd just get just get this whole Pedersen situation out of the way because sure. it happened last night. Lots of controversy around it, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people are, are upset at the way that certain people are reacting to this play. Now, if you haven't seen it, uh, Kotkaniemi kind of gave Pedersen a little bit of a hook coming out of the zone. Uh, Pedersen stopped himself up to put his body weight back into Kotkaniemi, and uh, they kind of tumbled tumbled over and fell awkwardly. It was a really weird play. Their legs kind of <clears throat> locked around each other, and uh, Pedersen's knee, I think it was his left knee, hyperextended or overbent or something. But it's they've got a diagnosis now as of uh, late last night or this morning. It's a slightly strained medial collateral ligament, I think, yeah. so a week or two. Yeah, about a week or two, is so nothing too serious. But obviously, with a player like him, anything more than a game is is drastically um, is a drastic impact to the team. Yeah, because uh, Vancouver needs him. So, uh, in my opinion, it was a clean play. It wasn't malicious in any way. Should have had should it have been a penalty? I think so. I, I think, think the original hook could have been called. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but even uh, Patterson himself said it wasn't. A dirty play. Yeah, it wasn't a dirty play. Uh, <laughs> Kakanyemi came over afterwards and apologized, and yep. he thought that was a good display of sportsmanship. Yep. So he handled it really, really well. And I think Kakanyemi did as well. He came over, a little tap. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know if he said sorry, but hope you're going to be all right kind of tap. And, yeah. Uh, and it should work out. Travis Green also said he, did, he didn't think it was a dirty play. The yep. Vancouver, other Vancouver players also agreed it wasn't a dirty play. It was just one of those... It was just a weird thing. Yeah. I think on the bench at the time, they might have had a slightly different view because it was away from the benches when it happened. It yeah. was way down on one of the ends. Uh, but I think everybody had the, the uh, benefit of the replay afterward and could see that it was just one of those things. Two players got tangled together and down they went. Well, Patterson himself actually insinuated that it was his fault because he stopped up and put his body weight into Kotkaniemi and which forced him to go around and kind of haul him down. So mm-hmm. uh, even himself took a little bit of the blame. So it was interesting. But Kakanyemi was cyberbullied. And we just talked about this in our recent video that you haven't seen yet. It's coming out soon, but it's the Comtois situation. But Kakanyemi was cyberbullied for this play. And it's just, listen, most hockey fans and like most Vancouver fans, most other teams, hockey fans are great people. But every single team, including Vancouver, including Montreal, including every team, has specific fans who just go over the top and just go crazy about it. So uh, Kakanyemi has gotten a lot of cyberbullying in the past 12 hours, which is very unfortunate, but that's what happened. The thing that bothers me the most isn't the fans. It was an article written by the Hockey News. Have you seen this? 
No, I haven't. I followed hockey news quite a bit. There's a, an excellent source for, for hockey information. But there's one specific journalist who I do not like. His name is Ken Campbell. And you, usually I don't, I'm not trying to call him out or anything. I don't really call out other media outlets. That's not really my jam. But uh, uh, this, this article really threw me the wrong way. So I'm going to read you a paragraph that he wrote. This is from the article. So he says, the play that resulted in Pedersen's right knee buckling under him had nothing to do with uh, with being a hockey play. Absolutely nothing. No scoring chance, no battle for the puck, nothing. If anything, it looked as if Kotkaniemi was upset that Peterson had hit him behind the net. Who knows? This could have gone back to something that happened between the two in some obscure European tournament years ago. We know it had nothing to do with the game itself. <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't understand that comment. Why is he insinuating that it happened in some obscure European tournament that we don't know about? Like, why even say that? That's just that's just a ridiculous <laughs> comment, in my opinion. And you should see the comment section on the hockey news. I'm, I'm actually media. I'm starting to visit the site now, and I think I have the article. Oh, they are laying into Ken Campbell big time, and I've never been a fan of him. I've always disliked his articles. I'm just not a fan of the way that he writes and the type of opinions that he has and I don't expect everyone to agree with me certainly but he gets a lot of backlash and uh, this is no exception he said it has nothing to do with the game itself like it, it wasn't personal in any way we have said many times in the past in our criticism of how hockey is sometimes covered that there's too much focus on what happens with or at the puck and there's so much else part of the game that goes on away from the puck. Yeah. There's lots of hockey plays that take place nowhere near the puck that are very important plays. You see those hooks, those little hooks like that coming back up the ice. That <laughs> happens every single game, almost every shift. It just, that's one thing that happens. That's a hockey play. That's a hockey play. You're trying to slow down the opposing player of getting back into the play without going so far as to calling it interference. You're trying to impede his progress yeah. to delay his entry into the play area. And that's a hockey play. It's hooking. Yeah. Sometimes you get caught and sometimes you don't. Just because the player has the puck and it's like, and the ref sees it, it's hooking doesn't mean if that's the exact same play happens away from the puck, it's not hooking. It's still hooking. It's still a hockey play. Yeah. So I just think that's a ridiculous comment. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't have anything else other to say other than that. Anyway, Spengler Cup. Want to talk about that? Yes, I do. Now, we saw... An extremely, extremely riveting final. It was great. Between Canada and uh, Calvo Copio. I would say the most extreme underdog in, in a while in the Spengler Cup, I, I think. I would think, yeah. And uh, Canada was the favorite. However, as Canadians, we weren't actually cheering for Canada. Both of us, I think, I, I can't speak for you, but I, I'm pretty sure that you were cheering for Calvo Copio oh, as I was. well. I was, completely. It's all about the underdog. Canada's one of the last three years. This is how I look at it, and I've said this about the Montreal Canadiens. If the Montreal Canadiens won two or three Stanley Cups, and you disagree here, but I would not want them to win more Stanley Cups. I don't like when teams win Stanley Cups back-to-back or two and three years or two and four years. I want to see new teams win. So the fact that Canada won three years in a row at the Spengler Cup or four years or whatever it was, it was time for them to, to be dethroned, and I'm so glad it was done by an underdog. And it was a fantastic game. It went to a shootout, a lengthy shootout, and was finally completed with uh, Kalpa Kopio winning. 
And if you guys haven't watched the highlights of that game, please go watch them. Awesome. It was great. And one of the reasons I was cheering for them wasn't the underdog situation necessarily. It was because of Tommy Jokinen. And that too, yeah. Uh, it was a, a great game he had played earlier when he scored an overtime winner to advance Kalpa into the next round. And then eventually, I don't think he factored in the game on the score sheet necessarily in the final, but he was there and he was out there very late in the game, uh, the oldest player on the team, the, the leader, the captain of the team, and someone who's a little bit aware of what we do. And uh, you've got an autographed jersey from yeah, him. Yeah, I think we was... mentioned this in the last, last podcast. We're mm-hmm. in the process of getting that signed jersey from him uh, framed. It's going to go in our man cave. Uh, it's not complete yet. We'll show a picture of it when we get it up on the wall and stuff. But yeah, yeah we were definitely cheering for him big time. Yeah, it was it was really good. And, uh, you know, I, I understand and I've seen the comments uh, from our last podcast and other things we've uh, talked about with the Spengler Cup in the last couple of weeks. I understand that in in other parts of Europe, Finland in particular, maybe Sweden as well, there's not a lot of coverage of the Spengler Cup. Yeah, it's not popular at all. And I understand that because here in Canada, we always have a Team Canada to watch in the Spengler Cup. Whereas in all of the leagues in Europe, they send one team. And that one team may have one or two borrowed players from other teams, but it's all from that one league. Mm. So for instance, if there was some kind of obscure cup that involved the Winnipeg Jets playing... Uh, three teams from Europe and one team from China, and they were doing the whole thing in South Africa, I would not consider that tournament to be telling me anything about the overall quality of each of those leagues. And I might not be paying a whole lot of attention if my team wasn't in the tournament. So I can understand that somebody from Helsinki or or a follower of Jokerit, for instance, in the KHL, wouldn't pay a lot of attention to the Spengler Cup when the only team is uh, Metallurg Magnetogors from the KHL, not even the team that I follow. Exactly. So I get it that not all parts of Europe would be interested in the Spengler Cup. And I'm not unaware of that, frankly. However, with the Team Canada situation, we've always had this all-star, if you want to call it that, and you quite correctly said these are not stars. Kevin BX is not a star (laughs) or a superstar, I guess you said. Good player, but. A good player. Uh, and a good commentator too. He was on one of the broadcasts last night with yeah. Sudan. on. He did really well. He did. He, he did. was great. I think he might have a future in I that. I think so too. But anyway, uh, it's, it's good hockey to watch. They do things a little innovatively. One of the things I like the best about the coverage of the Spengler Cup, and I didn't like it all, but I like the fact that they had the, the officials mic'd. That was fantastic. It was fantastic, except for? Except for the announcers talking over the refs Every single opportunity that we actually had a break in the play and got to listen to the refs, they just talked over them. Like, what's the point of having mics on the refs if you can't hear the refs? Exactly. Stupid. Especially during the face-offs. You, have, you got the linesman standing there in the dot, and he's talking to both players, telling them how he wants them to line up, where he wants their skates to be, the sticks in the white part of the dot and all that. He's telling them these things. And this is what I want to know as a fan. I want to know what's happening just before someone gets thrown out or cautioned. And with that, I could normally hear it, were it not for the fact the announcers would not shut up. Yeah, and it's not like they were saying anything of value. What they were saying was just They were rambling about all kinds of things. They weren't even talking about what the linesmen were doing. They were talking about what they had for supper last night or God knows what else. It was unfortunate. Hmm. But uh, overall, the Spengler Cup's great, partly because the games are on at an earlier time in the day. And for us in Atlantic Canada, that's great. Yes. Next year's World Juniors, being in the Czech Republic, I think you told me, yep. uh, will have a similar schedule that will be much more friendly to us as viewers. Mm. Now, if you're in Vancouver, you'll have to get up at four in the morning to watch one of the games. Too bad. 
<laughs> it all evens out in the end. That's right. Uh, World Juniors mm-hmm. just just ended last night. It's a very exhilarating was it ever game. Was it ever? Holy crap! That was great. That was. I I was cheering for you. Were cheering for Finland. I was. I was actually cheering for the United States because I predicted them to win. Um, they had the most Montreal Canadiens draft picks. They did on they the team. So two. I was yeah. I was really cheering for the for the United States. I was so happy when they came back. Uh, unfortunately, they did lose to Finland. Uh, Finland played a great game, but the no goal call mm. at the beginning of that game, I don't, I don't want to say that that would have changed the game, but I think it probably would have a little bit. I that I don't know how that wasn't a goal. Like, feel free to disagree with me in the comments, or I, I'm not expecting people to, to agree with me, but I 100% think that that should have been a goal. I think that was an egregious mistake by the referees and the the decision makers there. And I, I think it's very unfortunate. Maybe you should describe what happened uh, for the call or what. Well, the it was call. Just a, like it was just a play in front of the net, and uh, a United States player skated into the top of the crease, and uh, the goalie lost sight and kind of was trying to find the puck, I think, and then the puck kind of came out and went to the right of the net, and then the United States popped it in the net. I didn't feel like there was any goaltender interference. I agree. I didn't feel like there was any kind of intentional uh that the united states players intentionally tried to keep the goalie away from the puck uh physically or anything like that i felt like it was just a complete hockey play you see mm-hmm. it a thousand times in hockey and it's always a goal i don't know why it wasn't a goal last night i don't either and the only thing i'll allow them is i don't understand the crease violation rule as well as other people do that's true and i think if anything maybe that was a factor here but that's the only thing I could think of because there was virtually no contact. There was certainly no impediment, obstruction uh, of the goalie in his ability to come across and make a save. Uh, I didn't see that as a as a as a no goal situation. Now that said, I, I don't want to leave the World Juniors too quickly, uh, but I have a. a a, a statement to make about another situation I saw on, a, on one of the games on Friday night. Oh, I'm not done talking about the world. Okay, let's go. Let's juniors. keep going. Good. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Canada's defeat was premature, I think, for mm-hmm. a lot of Canadian fans. Um, I'm not really disappointed because they didn't really have the same compete as as a lot of these other teams. I felt like there was they stand they stood still a lot in certain certain periods, and I just felt like. They didn't give it 100%, 100% of their time, and, and some players did and some players didn't. I'm not saying everyone didn't, but uh, I wasn't that disappointed that Canada didn't move on. I didn't feel like they deserved to move on, so I was I was okay with them being defeated. I was too, and Don Cherry has a more religious reason why Canada was defeated, saying it was the hockey gods that did it for Canada's 14 to nothing drubbing of the Swiss or whoever it was. So what's your opinion on that? Uh I don't think there's necessarily a connection between uh, what a team does in one game and what a different team does in another game. Mm-hmm. I think Canada wasn't really ready to play in the game. They they obviously wrote in the ice and they played well. <clears throat> Excuse me, but they didn't do they didn't finish off the things they needed to finish off. And when you do that, it shouldn't have come down, for instance, to Noah Dobson stick breaking at the last minute. It shouldn't have come down to that. It shouldn't have come down to uh, a missed penalty shot. Canada should have been ahead in that game. Uh, they they could have been ahead easily. Mm. Uh, Goaltending was, was incredible. Uh, I thought uh, both teams played quite well, and I thought 
you know, pucks do bounce certain ways for certain teams certain days, and then they bounce the opposite way the very next game. Things will happen. I don't think it's the hand of God, as uh, Don Cherry would propose. So do you disagree or agree with the fact that Canada won 14 nothing over Denmark? Do you think that was the right decision for them to keep piling up the goals? I do. Or do you, why do you think that? Well, because one of the tiebreakers in international seeding is goals for versus goals against. Mm-hmm. So those goals, they might not mean anything to keep winning that game, but they mean might mean something later when you're trying to figure out who plays who in the standings. Mm-hmm. So as long as they make total goals a thing, I'm not sure that it should be, frankly. I don't think it should be. Yeah. But as long as it is a thing, then you got to get what you can get. Mm-hmm. When, when you're in the restaurant and it's a buffet, you keep eating. <laughs> it's true. I'm a bit conflicted because I... I don't necessarily think that it's right that they pile up all those goals. I think it was a bit unnecessary. But in the same token, it's completely necessary because they were just following the rules and doing exactly what the rules wanted them to do, is, which is pile up the goals because goal differential mat- matters in, in a tiebreaker. So yeah. you the, the rules f- completely dictate the decision by Canada to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, they could have held back a little bit, but then people would have been saying, well, there's a rule there to get the most goals. Like, why, yeah. did, why didn't you get more goals? It, it, they, Let's say Canada had held back. And over on the other side, there was a, a 14 to nothing win of the U.S. over Kazakhstan or something. Yeah. And the U.S. ended up getting a better seed or, a, or home ice advantage in the final round or, or who knows what. So, no, I think everybody knew what was going on. Maybe not everybody's happy with it, but you, like you say, they set up the rules and for Canada to do the best for its own future, it had to ring up the goals. Yeah. And if, if the team it's playing against can't keep 14 pucks out of the net, then I don't think it belongs in the tournament. Mainly because the guys who earned their way into the tournament a year ago all timed out. Yeah. Now we have whole new kids. Right? Yeah. That's a whole other video in itself. Yeah, but, really. Uh, it, as long as that rule is in there, then... Sure, pile up the goals, but I don't think the rule should be in there. So my opinion would be to remove it. I so. agree. Goal differential is a very poor way. It's like when, this is off topic in a way, but a lot of people still bring up the fact that the current president of the United States did not get as many votes right. as the other candidate. And therefore his presidency is somehow illegitimate. However, that true, that may be for all kinds of other reasons. It's not really true in the total vote reason, because if you look at the Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Indians in the World Series a couple of years ago, Chicago won the World Series, but Cleveland scored the most runs. Yeah. If you add them all <laughs> up in each of the games, Cleveland had the most runs. So there, yeah. uh, what's Chicago doing with the World Series? Ex- well, exactly. it's the way the rules work, folks. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, uh, I don't have anything else to say on the juniors, do you? World junior, um, uh, the only thing I would add, I guess, is that in Canada, we're a little crazy for it. We're a little nutty about it, Uh, maybe less so in other countries. Maybe we're a little too nutty about it, and we put too much pressure on these kids, and we put too much uh, time and invest uh, all kinds of eyeball time and everything in the world juniors, uh, maybe to a, a fault. Uh, it's just a tournament of children or yeah. very old and f- mature and extremely talented children, but they're children really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think some of the fan base should back off a little bit and be less worried when Canada lost, uh, in the round robin really, or in the, in the quarterfinals or whatever it was, um, Hey, it, it was time for Canada can't always win. So sometimes they're going to lose. Yep. Sometimes they're going to lose early. 
And frankly, uh, I know I went to work the next day and, you know, and people started asking me, what are you going to do this weekend? Well, I tell you one thing, I won't be walking, watching as much hockey. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a little more time to myself because my team's already out. Mm. But I really liked the idea that Finland went all the way to the final. I really liked the idea that they won. And one of the reasons I was cheering for Finland over the States is that Finland is the team that knocked Canada out. Yeah, that's right. So if, if, if you don't make it uh, even into the medal round, but the team that knocked you out is the team that wins gold. I think that's a little easier to swallow. Yeah, definitely. For, for Canada. Especially when you took that team to overtime. That's right. So. That's right. Took them to overtime and had every chance of winning. Yep. That stick doesn't break. Noah Dobson's putting that in the net. No yep. question. And, you know, we talked earlier in a previous show about uh, how that whole penalty shot, shot situation went down. I might have done it differently, but if I was really good at coaching hockey, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> That's true. Right. So, <laughs> well, we discuss no we discuss uh, some more world junior stuff in a separate video that we've already filmed uh, that you guys will see tomorrow. So please look out for that in the future. The final was great. The final was great. Congratulations to Finland. Yeah, the USA came back and made a real game of it, but then Capo Caco, I yep. think it is, he scored with like a minute and a half left or whatever it was, five on five. It wasn't a weird play. He went down there and scored and, and Finland earned every bit of that victory and you could see it on their faces and good for them, mm. including Ilonen, yeah. the uh, Montreal Canadiens draft pick in the second round, That's who right. I'm really excited about. <laughs> and I'm excited about Caden Primo and I'm really excited about Ryan Paling, who, yeah. who were on the other side of that, that contest last night. They all played very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So good for Montreal fans. Yeah. Uh, a little bit off topic next is on our second channel, More Post to Post, uh, we've done recently some trivia videos, 70s, 80s, uh, 90s, which you, 80s and 90s, which you haven't seen yet, and also 2000s, which you haven't seen. Uh, you will see those very soon. So if, you, if you're a fan of trivia, please go subscribe to our second channel and uh, play along with us. On the other side of that channel coming up soon is a contest on the second channel. You don't know anything about this. So uh, we're going to do a contest. It's going to be a photography contest. Oh yeah, so I'm, that's cool. I'm gonna the give. It's not gonna be a luxurious giveaway. It's gonna it's a fifty dollar Amazon gift card. <laughs> that's that's really all I can afford right now with the channel. So fifty dollars Canadian or American? Whatever, wherever they live. Oh, oh wow, yeah, oh, so, cool. Nice. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna do a photography contest. So more details will be on that on the second channel in probably the next two or three weeks. Keep an eye out for a video uh, on that. Uh, photography is pretty much my life, so I thought I'd do something there and. Uh, yeah, it should be pretty fun. I'm not everyone's interested in photography, so maybe no one will, <laughs> maybe no one will compete. But uh, we'll give it a go and see what happens. Okay, I want to do the re game recaps from last night. Uh, can we just touch on Friday night real quick before we get to Saturday night? I will agree to it. Okay, Friday night there was an interesting game between New Jersey and Arizona. New Jersey ended up winning the game three two in a shootout, but there was a goal that was counted in that game, and I was absolutely thunderstruck. Despite the fact I was thunderstruck, I do think it was the right call, but I'm surprised they were allowed to make it. Did, did you see this goal? I did goal? not see it, no. All right. Well, uh, Kemper is in net and Heesher is coming in and Heesher uh, shoots the puck and it's bouncing through the air. At that moment, Clayton Keller comes in accidentally on purpose and knocks the net completely off its moorings. It goes back and basically hits the boards and behind the net. There is nothing in the crease. Neither one of the posts has anything there anymore. The net is gone. And after the net is gone, the puck crosses the line and goes into where the net used to be. They call it a goal. 
Interesting. They called it a goal after an extensive replay. They said if the net hadn't been knocked off by the defending team's player, the goalie had no more opportunity to make a save at that point, and the puck was headed across the line when the net departed, and they called it a goal. Wow. So you agree You agree with that? Decision? I actually agree. I don't know how I agree, but I do. <laughs> like it's the right, it, the, the right thing happened. I, yeah, there. I guess, yeah. Because it was, I think Keller was clearly trying to get the net off the moorings to prevent the goal from counting. Ah. Uh, but I think they got the right call at the end of the day. But it does bring into question all these other calls where the net slightly lodged off the moorings and did the net start to angle away before the puck crossed the line. If you use that Friday night game as a precedent, all those goals now might count yeah, exactly. before they don't count. Yeah. Right? So I just thought it was interesting and maybe a new approach that the league has taken, at least in that case. Hmm. And maybe it was an accidental thing and maybe the referees got their hands slapped after calling that a goal. I don't know. I don't know how much of it was Toronto and how much of it was decided locally. That's true. In Arizona. But anyway, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the goal that was scored, uh, it was given to Heischer, I think, and it ended up being the difference, 3-2 for Jersey. So, mm. yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. So Friday night was uh, an interesting. Also, uh, I, Dylan Larkin scored an amazing goal in overtime. Yeah, you mentioned that. I, I didn't, for Detroit. I didn't watch any hockey Friday yeah. night. I was in La La Land. So. Yeah, I just thought I should just mention that it was a beauty. Mm. Anyway, so there. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, we can go to, well, the, I had one more thing prior to the scores. Okay. Um, they have a new deadline in Ottawa for the whole what's going to happen situation with the rink. Okay. January 19th, Rendezvous Le Breton has to sink or swim. And they're going into mediation now. So we'll see if one guy being sued for $750 million, countersuing for over a billion, we'll see if he can put all those people in the room and have them sing Kumbaya in time for the January 19th, but it looks like Rendezvous Le Breton is probably toast. Really? I would think. We'll see. But we have a we have a so what's couple that, of weeks. What's that mean for the Senators? Well, it means they'll still play in Canada to a partially empty building uh, for years and years to come. Now, Rendezvous Le Breton, if it goes down, there's another organization that wants to step in oh, okay. and do the same thing, and that's that organization based out of Montreal. So they may be called upon to come up with a plan to build something downtown. But if it doesn't involve Melnick and doesn't bring the team there, it probably has little chance of being everything that they want it to be. So, mm. yeah. Anyway. That's very interesting. I'm is. curious to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I don't know where it is. Moving on. Uh, so the games yesterday, the first game on was the Calgary-Philadelphia game. Uh, Calgary's on a, an, ab an absolute roll recently, playing some fantastic hockey. Philadelphia, still one of those streaky teams, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Put up a pretty good fight against Calgary yesterday. Uh, only lost by one goal, so Calgary won 3-2. And I feel bad for the Flyers because if you look at their goaltending situation, they've played so many different goaltenders <laughs> recently. It's And this has not been the story of this year. This has been the story of like the last 10 years or something crazy. Like mm -hmm. last year they had who that Mrazek and Elliot and Neuverth, I think, or just, like they just had a carousel of goalies. Uh, but Carter Hart, Carter Hart is going to be big news for Philadelphia. He, I hopefully will solve the long-term issues in, in Philadelphia. So that's, that's good to see, but that's a, uh, that's another big win for Calgary. And uh, it was done in style. 
It was third period push. Oh yeah. Calgary has more third period goals than any other team in the league. Yeah, completely resilient team. Sixty three. Wow. Just in the third period. And it was late in the third to Chuck tied the the, the game late two two and then uh, we have the overtime winner to hmm. Chuck feeding uh, Brody. Um, it was well done. I, it must be exciting times in Calgary. Oh yeah, they're absolutely. now on top of the West, right? They are, yeah, yeah. They, I think they're they are or were tied with Vegas at one point. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is now. Uh, Minnesota and Ottawa played yesterday. We actually we watched that game. We did. Uh, Minnesota won four to three. Huge points for Minnesota. Minnesota needed those points big time. They are falling too far behind. Those were massive, massive points for Minnesota. So that's uh, a huge win for them. And that game was so frustrating to watch it sometimes. Oh, man, there was it ever. So many giveaways and just standing still and watching. And like, there's so many opportunities where Ottawa had the chance to get the puck out of the zone and just gave it away. Like, I'm not sure if they're working in collaboration with the Montreal Canadiens or what, but it looked like us watching the Canadiens <laughs> play from last year. Yeah. Uh, it was it was very frustrating. I'm amazed that they only lost by one. Um, but And Dumnik made some big saves. He did. Throughout that game, uh, specifically early in the game. So mm-hmm. it was a big game for Dumnik as well. Duchesne's first goal, or the Ottawa's first goal scored by Duchesne was beautiful, where he splits the defense right at the blue line, goes on in, and... Uh, and scores. Yeah, uh, Dumnik came out of the net to try and get the puck. And, yeah, not, yeah, didn't work out quite so well. Yeah, Duchesne's having a good year. Yeah. Miko Koivu's been frustrated. He's got 199 goals. He's dying for this 200th goal, and he still hasn't scored it. Jeez. But uh, he, he played a pretty good game. He had the puck a lot. He had a he lot did. of chances, so, yeah. especially on the power play. Yeah, it was uh, There was so much uh, two-on-one, two-on-one yeah. giveaways. Oh, there's a ton of odd man rushes. Yeah, and just poor coverage. Ottawa's coverage was, was just awful. Yeah. Uh, defenseman in the wrong place, uh, not not getting their guys. It could have been a far more lopsided game than three two yeah. or four three rather. Uh, the next game, the Boston Buffalo game. Boston won this one two one. Did you see the no goal call at the beginning of the game? I did. Goaltender interference. Did you notice what it looked like? <clears throat> Do you remember two years ago when Montreal was playing the Rangers and Carey Price Got dragged out of the was crease. literally dragged out of the camera angle from the above down view. Yeah. This is the exact same thing that happened. <laughs> it was called no goal in this game, which was the correct call. Yeah. Called a goal in the Montreal Canadiens game. Which was the incorrect call. Incorrect call. And the NHL actually apologized for that and said it was the incorrect call. Mm-hmm. That would have changed that game, but sure that's so long ago it doesn't matter. But Interestingly, it was Chris Wagner that had purportedly scored the goal that got called back, but then he turned around and got the real goal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought there was some pretty good saves by both goalies in this game. Goaltending was was pretty impressive. Uh, And these points, you have Boston and Buffalo neck and neck in the standings. As Canadians fans, the last thing we wanted to see is is this game go to overtime. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo scores late. Ristolainen got a a nice goal there, I think. And uh, we're just crossing our fingers that this doesn't go to overtime. And thankfully... I don't remember the last time I cheered for Boston, but I was cheering hard for Boston. So <laughs> was I. So was I. And Bacchus goes in two on one, and rather than pass across, which is usually what happens, he kept the puck. Yeah. And he just made a nice shot. Yeah, made a great shot. Yeah, perfect shot. Yeah. Uh, the next game, the Toronto Vancouver game, Toronto absolutely destroyed Vancouver five nothing. Uh, Toronto was just too quick for Vancouver. Yeah. It, Toronto had a ton of life in them. Vancouver looked tired. Uh, not enough defensive support. They're just kind of standing around a little bit, and tr- just Toronto's just too quick. Too mm-hmm. many, too many weapons too, on too, too many different lines. So. Yeah, 
Yeah, a um, couple of interesting milestones. Uh, Hutchinson got his first shutout yeah. uh, after, uh, I think it's the second start uh, for Toronto. So he did well, uh, yeah. very well. I wasn't sure how well he'd do. Uh, it's not like Vancouver had a ton of quality shots, but mm-hmm. they did get close to 30 shots, I think. They, they did. They got 28 shots. They had 27, 28 shots. So yeah. uh, good on him. And Trevor Moore got his first goal he in did. his first game. It's very nice. And it was a beauty. Coming down the right wing and boom. Yeah. And uh, he could just see the joy in his face. Yeah. What a great thing for a young fella. Absolutely. First game, first goal. It's always nice to see that. Life is good. Especially on a Saturday night. Yeah. Like. Saturday night, the whole nation's watching. Yeah. Saturday night hockey is pretty big here in Canada. It's huge. And Austin Matthews, a goal and two assists. Yeah. His goal was nice. Yeah. It was very pretty. Yeah. Good for Toronto. Hmm. Uh, The next game was the Nashville-Montreal game. Nashville won four to one. Uh, I thought Nashville did a really, really good job of keeping Montreal to the outside. You wouldn't think it, but Montreal is actually one of the teams with the most shots per game on average this year. And uh, Nashville held them well below their average of the year. And uh, I I just thought they did a really, really good job defensively keeping Montreal to the outside, not letting them get a lot of uh, scoring opportunities. Yeah, especially early in the game. Montreal was totally useless. And uh, they ended up with 28 shots at the end of the game. I don't know how... That happened, but uh, it seemed to be uh, lopsided. Was, I think there was eight minutes and 50-some seconds left in the second, so the game was already half over, and Montreal had 12 shots, I think. It was something yeah, ridiculous. It was so awful. Uh, they turned it up a little bit in the third, but it just wasn't enough. No. Um, Nashville so offensively, I don't know how to word this, offensively, de- defensively gifted. Like, they're all of their defense core can rifle a puck mm-hmm. at, with in- incredible accuracy. They're just, like... You can't give their defense the opportunity to shoot the puck because they will score, and they did last night. So. Or they'll get it off the rebound, and exactly. that's what happened. Like two big guns from Subban yeah. in their rebound goal. Yeah. And uh, their wraparound was terrible. It was, yeah. Just awful. Um, there was a point in this game where— <laughs> I know where you're going. The audio cut out. About 13 minutes into the game in the first period. Yeah. Or 13 minutes left, about six, seven minutes in. So the audio completely cut out where there's no sound whatsoever, uh, which was a little strange, still better than Bob Cole, in my opinion. But then the sound came back, but without Bob Cole, it was just the ice sound. There was about a whole minute of the ambient noise from inside the arena. Yes. You could hear the skates carving the ice. You could hear the sticks and the pucks and hitting the board and the glass and the hits. And for that minute or two, I remember you said, this might be the best hockey on TV experience I've ever had in my life. A hundred percent. Like <laughs> I would literally pay to have that opportunity to, to watch hockey. Without play-by-play. Without play-by-play. It would be amazing. I would I would probably pay $250 a year to, to see that. Did you hear but, that, NHL? Give yeah. us Give us a commentator-free option where we get the ambient noise, but nothing else. We want to hear the rink announcer. We want to hear the crowd. We want to hear the cheers. And the the music and the drumming and the players, maybe the swearing, uh, and maybe a little less of this banging on the glass thing. But I'll take that. I want to feel like it. I'm there. That's right. And that's the closest thing. That is the closest thing. And that's what fans want. They want that close-up, in-person experience of a hockey game. And you can't get that when there's people yammering on Yeah. Uh, that really aren't adding a whole lot. There was a point where Montreal got a penalty – and uh, so there's obviously a whistle, and Bob Cole said, well, the call on the ice is icing or something yeah, like that. Yeah, icing is the call icing because, the call. The, as we now do with penalties, the team that got the penalty has to take the next face off in their own zone. Yeah. Bob interpreted that 
as an icing call in addition to the penalty. Yeah. And then, oh, it was just, anyway, it was terrible. And then we were disappointed when the sound came back. Right. Bob Cole and all. Mm. Uh, very unfortunate. Yeah, anyway, uh, the next game was the Columbus and Florida game. Columbus won 4-3. to three. Uh, Some pretty weak goals in this game. I thought the goalies looked fairly soft. And the thing that stood out in this game for me was that pass in overtime. Mm. Did you see it by Pierre-Luc Dubois? To Seth Jones? To Seth Jones. Yeah, you 18 saw, seconds in. You saw the pass? I, I did. Oh, my God, it was so nice. That was unbelievable. It was crazy. So, yeah. Uh, it's good to see. I wish I had to watch some of that game, but I only caught like little pieces of it. So. Dubois had gone down and had been attacked by two or three players, and he was on his knees going down into the left-hand corner and passed it back to yeah. Jones, and boom, 18 seconds yeah. in. Fantastic. And that was a comeback for for Columbus as well. Florida, it was. Florida was up in that game. So. Yeah. Speaking of comebacks, the next game, the Islanders played the St. Louis Blues. The Islanders won 4-3. St. Louis was up 2 nothing at this game win. <laughs> At one point. And we were very happy about very that. Very happy because we wanted the Islanders to lose because <laughs> uh, points. Yeah. They're, they're fighting with Montreal over that last playoff spot. Yeah. And uh, all the teams we didn't want to win won, and all the teams we wanted to win lost <laughs> Saturday night. It was yeah. a bad night. Well, Boston won. We, we wanted that. We did want that. That's true. Yeah. Um, oh, San Jose won too. Not that that. Not that anyone can catch Tampa, but yeah, still. Yeah, it's going to be a blip in the radar. Yeah. There. Uh, lots of defensive breakdowns by St. Louis in this game. Allen wasn't that great, oh. uh, and the Islanders just showed their resiliency. So, uh, was a, And they didn't even really play that well. They just played, I would say, average, but still won the game. So I think St. Louis lost that game more than the Islanders won. And that, that could have changed late in the game because there was a play where Tarasenko, the, the puck went off his skate into the net. That would have made it a... Uh, three three tie, I yeah. think, and they called it back. Probably could have, should have called it back. Yeah. It looked like a no goal to me, but just you know, for a few inches or an obscured view, that might have made it in. That would have been a totally different complexity yeah. of the or complexion of the game. It remained three two at that point, and then Anders Lee got his goal, making it four two. Mm. And St. Louis did score late, but too late. Tarasenko, I think, even knew himself that that wasn't going to be a goal. Yeah. He wasn't self. I think so. Breaking at all. So, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Uh, the second last game of the night was the uh, LA Kings versus Edmonton Oilers. Los Angeles won 4 nothing. Koskinen, Koskinen left the net uh, after three goals. He let in, some, honestly, some pretty bad goals, but I don't really blame him 100% because LA or uh, Edmonton left him out to dry so many times. There were so many odd man rushes and breakaways and whatnot. I, just, I felt really bad for him, um, but LA just played a strong game. Kopitar... Uh, got a milestone. I think it was his. Kopitar got his 300th goal, 300th goal yeah. and Jonathan Quick got his 300th win. Oh, in that same game. Wow. Yes, indeed. The uh, it was 90s retro night in LA. I don't know if you saw that, but all of the lovely ice cleaning gals that go out during uh, TV timeouts, they were all dressed in punky, weird 90s uh, nightclub type clothing. Okay. Uh, the fans were taking up on this. They were playing 90s music in the arena all, all game long. And the American broadcast, which I think was Fox, in honor of the 90s, they re- returned to the glowing puck. Oh, right. The streaky really? glowing puck. <laughs> so they, on the American side, we watched the Canadian broadcast, but on the American side, they had the glowing puck. That's amazing. And they had a lot of fun with that. Uh, so it was a 90s retro night in LA, uh, and they got the win. Edmonton was awful. Yes. And did you hear the Hitchcock's comments afterwards? No, I didn't. Oh, he ripped and tore. Really? He ripped and tore. Of course, McDavid and Dreisaitl always play well enough 
in every game, whether LA or whether Edmonton wins or not. But basically, Hitchcock said Darnell Nurse was the only guy who competed. Everybody else was a passenger. Wow. We can't afford that. Uh, we were terrible, and we didn't have compete. We weren't. Uh, we weren't trying. It was awful. And he he said re- really good things about Darnell Nurse, and that was it. Wow. He he shredded the rest of the team. It was bad. It was bad. And a lot of it was just not stepping up either. Like there was a point where Doughty elbowed McDavid right in the face. And it was outside of the regular play of the game. It wasn't caught. But a lot of the players saw it. Nobody. And you got Lucic on this team. You got Cashin on this team. Nobody really stepped up and took note of that and gave it to Doughty later on in the game. It just didn't happen. Mm. There was a bit of pushing and shoving late, but it wasn't really anything good. Carter, yeah. Carter also, uh, was a little, little cheap. He, he, he delivered a legal check, but it was a little bit late Okay, and someone could have, uh, maybe retaliated for that if they wanted to, but they weren't even stepping up for their own teammates. Mm. And I think that's probably ticked off Hitchcock as much as anything else. It was an unfortunate game for Edmonton. Mm. Yeah. Well, they play again today, so we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last game of the night was the St. Louis Tampa Bay game where, or sorry, not St. Louis, uh, San Jose Tampa Bay game where, uh, San Jose won 5-2, to two, ending Tampa Bay's seven-game winning streak. Thank goodness. Uh, Vasilevsky, uh, wasn't that amazing? He led in some questionable goals. Uh, he did. Patrick Kane goal, I'm sure he'd like to have back. Uh, Tampa Bay had a lot of giveaways, and uh, I felt like San Jose really showed what kind of team they, everyone thought that they would be prior mm-hmm. to the season. Yeah. They haven't been the exact team that everyone thought. I mean, they're still in the top eight of the league. They're sixth, I think. Uh, but still, they probably could be a top three team. Not there yet, and they proved that they they proved last night that they probably could be a top three team. They took on the best team in the league by by far. Yeah, and they handled them well. Yeah, uh, the game was competitive, but uh, it was it was an overwhelming push by by San Jose. They did what we all thought, like you say, yeah. we all knew that they were capable of. Yeah, Pavelski had a great game. Lots of other players in the team did as well. So Logan Couture, Patrick Kane, uh, Patrick Kane. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Evander Kane. Evander, Evander Kane. Um, and Lukic Radil scored. Oh. So I think that might be an early thing for him. Hmm. Um, Brent Burns got three assists. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. This is the first time Tampa Bay has lost in regulation time since November the 27th. Yeah, it's like 15 games or something. Or 15. It's like five, close, it's at least five, five plus weeks yeah. of hockey. That's before. crazy. That, that is absolutely nuts. <laughs> and, uh. I think it's the beginning of the end. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> Just kidding. I think every, it just goes to show you that on any given night, even the best team can have a bad night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, before we move on to today's games, the Sunday games, I just wanted to talk real quickly about Don Cherry. <laughs> Don Cherry, I don't agree with half of the, th- half of the things that Don Cherry says as far as his opinion, but I do appreciate what he does for the entertainment <laughs> purposes, mm-hmm. but he said something very entertaining last night. They were talking about the patterson Kotkaniemi play, and he didn't know how to say Kotkaniemi. He said, Pakayami. Pakayami. <laughs> he called him Pakayami. The now, only thing, and, and between the two, that uh, that is the same as the, the I in the end. Like that, that was it. It was so off. It was bad. It was so off. And Don Cherry has known in the, has been known in the past for butchering players' names, especially if they're European or have, they're not, they're not named Smith or 
or McDavid or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Don Cherry, I guess the thing that bothers me is he's he doesn't care. Yeah. And he's almost proud of the fact that he doesn't care. Yeah, I know. He think he, it's almost like he thinks it's not in his job description to pronounce a player's name right unless they're Anglo-Saxon Canadian. Yeah. And I think that's unfortunate. Because he, Luongo, he can't say Luongo, it's Luongo. Like, Luongo's in the league for almost 20 years now. Come on, you should know yeah. how to say his name. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it calls him Lalongo, two L's. Yeah, Lalongo. No. Uh, so that was, it, it's a, I like some of the things Don uh, bangs his drum for. The no-touch icing, uh, he was he was big in that. Uh, don't put your stick in front of a shot. Yeah. Uh, that always ends badly and it almost always does. And he's, last night he started talking about it again. He said, I just, I give up. Yeah. Uh, so I do like that he harps on certain basic things about hockey that players seem to forget all the time, even mm. even the millionaire players. I agree. But uh, one thing that bothers me about it, they always never, they always run out of time. They never have enough time. That drives me crazy. I don't understand. It, okay, if, if you're always running out of time when coach's corner is only five and a half minutes long or whatever they give it, then make it eight minutes, make it 10 minutes long. Yeah. You can still put all your other commercials in and maybe skip that stupid interview with the sweaty player exactly. just before the start of the next period where he's going to talk about putting pucks on net and getting pucks deep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like get rid of that one yeah. and more Don Cherry. As much as I'm not his biggest fan, I hate it when they say they're always running out of time. Because guess what? You know who who's in control of the time? The network. Yeah. <laughs> They're, I'm not in control of the time, but the network is. It's frustrating. And if you're always running at a time, that's poor planning. Yes. And if you can't ever fit it all in, they never can. There's always four or five topics that they can't get to. Yeah. Then make it longer. Mm. It's, it's, it's easy. This is not hard. Or don't try and stuff all that stuff into Coach's Corner. Give them four topics to talk about and then... That's it. Don't give them nine topics and yeah. expect them to fit it in. It's like the other thing that really ticks me is on Jeopardy. After the they start the first round of Jeopardy, they go halfway through the first round, they go to commercial break, they come back out of commercial break, and then Alex is interviewing the three contestants yeah. about some amazing thing that happened in their lives, like, oh, they had a, an interesting souffle at a restaurant or whatever <laughs> the heck it was. And then at the end of the first round, do, 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 the, the frigging uh, timer goes. There's yeah. maybe three or four or 10 questions left that they never got a time to get to. Hold it. You can edit this to the to the degree that even if it takes you 38 minutes to shoot a 30-minute show, yeah. you can edit it to 30 minutes and get all the questions in. Yeah, I agree. No one cares about your stupid stories of the contestants. I don't mind that part, but you can have that and have the questions as well. If the, okay, 80% of the time the stories are- They're terrible. Terrible. Like they're they're terrible. boring. Yeah. Just be real. I could do without them is what I'm saying. So. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree though. Yes. I agree. But if I'm ever on Jeopardy and Lord knows I haven't tried enough times yet, I'm going to keep trying. But if I'm ever on Jeopardy, I think I've had a pretty interesting life. Yeah. I, I think Alex will pick something that, you know, if I give them a biography of the 10 coolest things that have ever happened to me, I'm sure even the worst of those 10 is better than almost everything of the cool things that happen to some of these other dweebs. And that's not, that's not cocky. Like you, no, no. you actually do have some interesting things in your life, but. I think I do. Yeah. Anyway. A um, little bit of another tiny little item for hockey. Hit and me. I know you weren't nearly as, uh, as excited by this as I was, uh, but they, this weekend, the hockey broadcast uh, fellowship, I guess in Canada, 
has decided to put a little extra focus on women's hockey. And the Canadian Women's Hockey League, the CWHL, has a game today between Markham and Calgary, I think. And they mm -hmm. had a game yesterday between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Fury. And they had it in the Bell uh, practice facility in Brossard, Quebec, where the uh, Habs usually do their uh, off-game or off-day skates mm -hmm. and, uh, and practices. And that facility, the ice surface itself and everything is built exactly the same as it is at the Bell Center. So they can practice the resilience of the boards and the spring value and all of that. Anyway, that's where they had this game. And Montreal ended up winning the game. I think it was 3-1. Um, Marie-Philippe Poulin scored all three goals. She's the captain. She got a hat trick. And Toronto got a goal late. But it was, it's funny. We watched, I, I had the game PVR'd. And I was watching it when you came downstairs to the cave. And we watched it together for a while. And then we switched over to, I think it was the first NHL game, the Ottawa yeah, game. Yeah, the Ottawa game. So we watched the Ottawa game. Meanwhile, the women's game is still recording. When the Ottawa game was done, I went back to the women's game to see how it ended. Yeah. And at that point, the difference in the speed of yeah. the game was yeah. so much because your brain is tuned into 40 mile an hour yeah. rushes down drastic. the ice. It was drastically different. And women play a different kind of hockey altogether. So I don't expect to be able to compare it piece for piece to, mm -hmm. a, to a man's game. But I was more impressed with the women at the beginning of the game than I was at the end of the game. <laughs> Only because I had this other high speed thing in the middle to compare it to. Exactly. Yeah. But I still, I, I don't mean to, to snip short uh, the, the women's game and the necessity of the game being open to women and oh, girls. It's, it's good hockey. It's great. It is good hockey. It really is. There's no body contact. Uh, so there's not a lot of uh, checking or big hits that you'd see in the, in the men's game, but there's a lot of skill out there. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's good to watch and it's really good that they're playing and it's really good that the games are getting some publicity on, on TV. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, as far as games today, there are actually some decent games on. There's, uh, Ottawa versus Carolina. Who are you choosing? Uh, Ottawa is on, what, a six or seven game skid now? Something like that, yeah. I th I th I'd have to pick Carolina. I'm also yeah. picking Carolina. That game's on at 1 p.m. <clears throat> Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey versus Vegas. Um, are they, we're, uh, Let me just bring up the, uh, the schedule They're in here. Vegas. They're in Vegas? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Vegas wins that one. I'm also going to say Vegas wins. That's, the, that's on at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the Rangers versus Arizona. That's close. You know, Arizona's at home. Uh, they're not that far behind the Rangers in overall points. They've got some They've got some ground to make up. The Rangers are a little cool. Uh, I'd say Phoenix wins or Arizona wins at home. I'm going to pick the Rangers for that one. Okay. Uh, that's on at 4 p.m. Dallas versus Winnipeg. Oh boy, I th these are big rivals, uh, same division. Yep, uh, they're Import not that far apart. Important points. In very important points, uh, Winnipeg's been sagging a little bit lately, I think, and uh, I think they need to uh, need to bite into this and do well. I, I think the Winnipeg will win. I do as well, only because they're playing at the Bell MTS Arena. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're playing in Dallas, I'd probably choose Dallas, but I'm going to choose Winnipeg. That's on at 5 p.m. The next game is the Washington-Detroit game. Yeah, and they're in Detroit. Detroit had a big win uh, the other night. Yep, they did. And a, and a nice uh, nice effort. 
they've got a little bit of swagger now, but the Capitals are they're a strong team. But they've they've been hot and cold a little bit. So I I don't know. I, I think Washington still has to win this. I also pick Washington. Yeah. That game's on at five PM Eastern. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton versus Anaheim. Well, we know the history there. Uh, Edmonton really got ripped up last night. Really got ripped up by their coach and everything. Yeah. I don't know what happened in the dressing room afterwards, and I don't know what's going to happen in the dressing room today uh, to motivate these, this team. But they're on a six or seven game slide. Uh, they need to turn it around. I think the Ducks are actually a team that they can compete against. I'm going to say they turn it around. Today. Oh, bold prediction. You heard it dun, here first. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Um, I'm going to choose Anaheim, which okay. is a safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, game's on at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. And then the last game, Chicago versus Pittsburgh. To yeah. f- like if, if Chicago versus Pittsburgh played each other three years ago, everyone would be watching that game. Yeah. Now, mm, eh. I mean, I'm still probably going to watch it, but... Both teams are, are quite, well, Pittsburgh is smoking hot right now. Yeah, they are. Smoking hot. And Chicago's been playing quite well, they too. They have, yes. So I think it's going to be more uh, evenly matched than it would have been a month ago. I or agree. six weeks ago. But I still think Pittsburgh gets the win here. I also agree. I think Pittsburgh wins. And that game's on at 8 p.m. Yeah. So no late games for us, no. really. Uh, the two latest games start at 9 our time. So wow. that's pretty great. So it should be a pretty good day for hockey. Hockey, hockey all day. All day hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have nothing else to discuss. I don't believe I do either. I, I made some notes of various off things that I wanted to talk about, and I think I got them all covered. Awesome. We filmed five videos before this, which yeah. you'll see come, uh, come out over the next week or week and a half or so. So, uh, stay tuned for those. Subscribe if you are not. Uh, also subscribe to the second channel, More Post to Post, because uh, some of those videos will be coming out on that channel. And, uh... Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I really appreciate it. I hope you're having a good weekend. I hope your year has started. Um, Good. My year's been fine so far. 2019's been outstanding. So far, so good. All seven days of it. Woo! (laughs) All seven days. Is it seven or six? Six, I think. Six. Okay, seven tomorrow. (laughs) All right, uh, thanks for watching, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Have fun watching hockey. We'll see you in the next podcast. Adios.